Hello everyone and welcome to a Playful Escape podcast, the podcast with two sisters. My name is Kimberly. My name is Cindy. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast with two sisters. What else is there to say? (laughs) (laughs) I did want to say though, I was thinking right before we started recording that this podcast has just become our conversations, things that we just kind of want to talk about. Although we do talk outside of this podcast, right now we're actually listening to each other without any distractions. Yes, so the podcast is actually designated conversation time for us, which is kind of rare because most of the time we have some kind of distraction either One of us is watching something, someone is doing laundry, someone is doing homework, there's other background noise, we're distracted by a bunch of stuff. So it's honestly a full hour, hour and a half, depending on how long the episodes are, of us just talking to each other, actively listening and talking to each other. Yeah, so that's just what I was recently picking up on, that... Although we used to have designated conversations on certain topics, now it's become conversations we want to have, but obviously are willing to let other people listen to. (laughs) And that's the big thing. There's certain conversations that you want to have in private, and then there's some that you don't want to have multiple times, so you just record it and share it for everyone else to hear. Although we still repeat ourselves all the time. Yeah, we do repeat ourselves a lot. But it's just because some of the topics do tend to overlap with our regular lives or with other people that we know don't listen to our podcast. Or it's just as a clarification. Yeah, that's true. I kind of wish that I would have more designated conversation time like this without any backlash, without any, like, judgments of any sort from everyone else, and not share it to the world. But having a designated hour to talk to a person about practically anything is kind of rare. No, I completely agree with you. I think this is actually quite beneficial to us because, in a way, we may not have fully appreciated these conversation times don't get me wrong every every week i looked forward to recording because it was fun it gave me something to look forward to and that hasn't changed it's just now we're doing different things we're being lazy it's not our okay this is the one hour we have away from everything else now it's like oh no no we have 24 hours to do whatever we want let's just do whatever we want and it's like oh wait but let's not forget this one hour of designated time for conversation yeah mostly because of the summer it's just we have so much free time that we we don't even bother talking to each other as much as we did before Right. For example, like me, I just get so caught up in, okay, this is summer. I don't want to do anything, but I don't want to do anything. So I get caught up in something. So the summer before I was really into reading. So I read a whole lot. And apart from sleeping and eating, that's basically what I did like 24-7. I read and read and read. And this summer... 
what we were going to bring up probably later in our podcast was I got really into watching animes and stuff. In a way, this is a great segue to what you wanted to discuss today. Because (laughs) I was going to bring up, you wanted to discuss cliches. Yes. And when you brought up this topic to me, I told you how I don't feel like I fit into any particular cliche. And I described to you how I felt. And you said you have to tell this in the podcast. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to describe (laughs) what I I had told Kimberly just previously before when we first thought of this idea. So do you want to briefly go over what you mean by cliches? And then I'll describe why I don't feel like I fit into a particular cliche. I guess I want to preface it by saying why we're going to talk about cliches before I go into it. Okay. The last couple of episodes, I've noticed a couple of terms being repeated, or not really the terms, but categories being repeated. In the last episode, we talked about how there were certain ways we would not like to be proposed to because it felt like it would fall into a cliche. So being proposed to in a restaurant in front of a lot of people, being proposed at the beach, being proposed at Disneyland, those were a couple of the cliches that were like, no... That's not a good way for you to be proposed to. Or that's what we thought. And I think the episode before that, I can't remember for the life of me what it was titled. But the episode before that, we had mentioned something about dating pathways. Oh, I think it was in the guidebook or dating rulebook guidebook where Mm -hmm. we were saying not every relationship is the same not every couple is the same but there are some cliche categories that you would fall into so if you were like an introverted person who only likes to read what kind of potential dates would you experience if you were only in that kind of relationship which technically falls into a cliche so that's why we wanted to talk about that today just to address some of the cliches but also to figure out If we would fall into a cliche, which cliche would we fall into? Does this make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to say that that's what led you to get me to be like, what cliches do we fall into? For me to like think about, I don't feel like I fit into a specific category or in some ways, I think it's my own fault because I never liked being stereotyped. Mm -hmm. So therefore, that to me triggered something in me to be like, okay, just because I'm Hispanic and, you know, I guess first generation born here, I don't want to fall into a specific stereotype. So that's just off the top of my head. But that's like my thought process, just because I am, you know, a specific ethnicity or I am perceived to be a certain way, I don't technically want that to be the only thing about me which is why I feel like I always strived not to fit into a particular box if you will a box meaning like a category a specific type of person so don't get me wrong I still have certain qualities about myself that fit into said boxes or categories but Myself as a whole, I don't feel like I particularly fit into a single category. I want to kind of elaborate on that 
while yes we are trying to break away from the typical stereotypes that are applied to our culture and our ethnicity mm-hmm. it makes it a little bit harder for us to fit into any other bracket because we're so stereotyped another thing i want to add on to is the area that we live in also makes it easier for us to have so many categories to fall into because the state of California, and more specifically Southern California, tends to be a melting pot of interests, of backgrounds, of hobbies. It just happens to be an ideal place where no matter what it is that you do, it's easy for you to be accepted. Yeah, you're actually like quite on target with that. Like, that's a good point. Here, there is, in in some sense, there's no way that you may not feel out of place, mm-hmm. if, if that's the right words I want to use. We are the place where all the black sheep come to bond with other black sheep. I guess, but I don't. I also don't want to like go off announcing that because I'm, I guarantee you there are still people here that probably feel like black sheep. Yes, of course. But it just makes it harder for you to feel out of place. It it depends on the person, to be honest. But yeah, I I agree. If you look at everything subjectively, I feel like, yeah, you would be less likely to feel left out. Getting back to the point where we describe ourselves, I suppose, in a specific cliche, how did you want to go about that? I think I wanted us to address some of the cliches that can be put on us like what kind of people or categories we fall into and then figure out if we do fall into those cliches and how we can break away from them or how we are not part of that cliche okay one thing i do want to address though is that these cliches i tend to consider most of these cliches to be in school settings at least that's where my mind goes into like what are the cliches that you typically find in media and they often tend to be in school settings right although using the example that you've previously been using recently which is like friends that's not in a school setting but they do have their cliche type of friends you know you have an aloof type of friend you have the smart type of friend you have the funny friend you have a the hopeless one, <laughs> if you will. But, you know, there's there's a bunch of different types of cliches and, and it's not strictly in a school setting. But yes, I will agree that for growing kids, it's usually set in school settings. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I, I suppose, a common trope, if you will. Yeah, in some way, a cliche is part of a trope. And I... Um, at the moment, typing up types of cliches. There's cliche sayings, and then there's like cliche descriptions. And according to the definition of cliche, it's often just an overused opinion or a phrase that basically says there's no original thought. And I guess that's one of the things that we also have to take into consideration is that a cliche becomes a cliche because it's been done so many times that you're like, okay, that's it. And that's why we kind of try to fight against it with our backgrounds. Yeah. And and I will say, although 
you can be described as a cliche, it doesn't mean you are one because like I haven't actually said, but like the way I think of myself, I described to Kim is like, I consider myself to be like a tree and I have many branches with many leaves. To me, that kind of says something about me, my personality, my physical appearance and everything like that. There could be somebody that looks exactly like me, but that doesn't mean they are me. They are not me. They don't have the same capabilities as I do. They don't have the same education or upbringing. Every single thing about you is what differentiates you from anybody else. Like I said, I don't really feel like I fit into a particular cliche. I don't think anybody would because of those reasons. Yeah, and I think it's good to know that you can borrow some cliches. It's not like you cannot have original thought. It's so hard now in 2021 to have an original thought. Everything has either... It stems from a different idea. And while you can make it your own, one work of art cannot completely be original. Yeah. So I guess having said all those things, did you want to start with examples of cliches or example of cliches that we think fit us? I find it hard to come up with a cliche that fits me. At this moment in time, I often describe myself as a hermit right now. Mm-hmm. I don't leave the house. I don't go out. But at the same time, I've always been like that. Even when I was going to school, I only go to school and come back home and I stay home the entire time. I didn't go out. I, I didn't really go out with friends. I didn't date. So I know the phrase living like a hermit is a cliche. Right. Okay. I guess in a way, I'm kind of the same way. Don't get me wrong. I go out. But when it comes down to it, at times, I prefer to stay home over going out somewhere. But as we've stated previously a lot, I am very social and outgoing. So I do have moments where I prefer to go out or I would like to go out. Yeah, A couple of the cliches that I can think of based on stuff that I've read or based on stuff that I've seen, I kind of want to say that I am that shy, awkward kid that doesn't really talk to anyone except like a select close group of friends. Mm -hmm. So in high school, I was, I didn't talk a lot to people, but I would find a group and not even find, I would befriend a group. I was going to say for like one of my cliches for example I'm, I'm, I'm connecting it to you that's why I'm trying to like talk over you a little bit if you would I was gonna say do you think that you would fit into like a bookworm kind of cliche not exactly but you would say not exactly because when you think of a bookworm or like a nerdy type of studious character you expect them to have exceedingly well grades right Yes. So (laughs) (laughs) when you say bookworm, I think of Hermione Granger from Harry Potter. Okay. Who remembers all the details of everything she read. Yes, she has good grades. I had decent grades. I didn't have the best grades, but I had really good grades regardless. And 
in the past, I would used to remember a lot of details. Right now, not so much. My memory is absolutely terrible. But in high school, I would kind of consider myself a bookworm, but I wasn't really a bookworm because I was more lazy. I felt like I was a Harry Potter in high school where I would do some of the work not depend on the bookworms, but I would do the work on my own. People would ask to copy my homework, but I wouldn't let them copy my homework because I was too... Insecure? I guess you can say insecure about my own stuff. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I was also a righteous person in a sense that I wanted things done the right way. And I didn't let other people cheat off of me. Right. So... I, when I would think of myself, like, in a school setting, I often did think of myself not as a bookworm, but described more as, like, a nerd. I was a very studious person, and that never really changed. I always committed a lot of time to my studies, but at the same time, I was a very lively person. Yes, that's why I wanted to talk about cliches with you, Mm -hmm. or kind of get a better understanding of what you thought yourself as because that's difficult <laughs> <laughs> okay uh-huh. go on because <laughs> when i was dating my first boyfriend right he made a comment about us that our, our family about us being a typical american family oof okay <laughs> and i was like what do you mean by that a hard-working father who only focuses on work and wants to make the money to put food <laughs> on the table. Sounds uh, funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a uh, loving cool. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I was going to say, a loving mother who cooks, cleans, does kind of like the typical housewife kind of stuff. But it's different in this sense because she works. Yeah. But she would always make sure to serve everyone, like, dinner and try to make sure that we would all hang out together as a family. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree that we do have that loving mother aspect in our family. And I didn't, I mean, I realized it, don't get me wrong. She's like the glue that holds us all together. But it's kind of nice to see that somebody else saw that, which is kind of (laughs) cool. Uh-huh. Then, I don't know how, I, I actually don't remember how he categorized me, to be honest, but I do remember him saying, a hippie style sister <laughs> who is advocating for sustainability and, <laughs> like, talking about conspiracies of people going against, like, destroying the world or nature in some sense who happens to ride a skateboard and i think at that time simon had given you your skateboard (laughs) or you were getting into learning how to use your skateboard so so i've had i had two skateboards yeah so it could have been the first one which was in high school when i got it or Mm -hmm. it could have the second one i got more recently yes but i think because you were trying to learn how to skateboard. You wanted to use a type of transportation that wouldn't really use or cause a lot of pollution to the world. But can we just for a second pause and just hear all the things that you've been saying? 
I'm not your typical skater. Don't get me wrong. I I'm, I wish I could be like a hundred percent like excellent skater, but I have I have so many different categories in which I feel like I branched into, and I still like. Don't get me wrong. It's just they don't make up me as a whole. They're just a part of me. Yeah. So it it was just so funny because I think at that time you had gone into your vegan phase. No, not vegan. Your vegetarian. Yeah. Yes. He knew you <laughs> at your vegetarian phase. Yeah. That I thought it was really funny because I think I used to say I have a sister who's a vegetarian but doesn't eat vegetables. Right. Uh-huh. So that's how I – and the, everyone would ask them, what does she eat? Basically pasta and cheese. <laughs> Well, you know what's actually funny? Because people, when I would tell them I was a vegetarian, they were like, oh, so what do you eat? Salads? I was a huge, like, I don't eat salads. I'm not going to eat salads. Because that's what people always joke, that I eat only salads. But now, like, I sometimes I just want a salad. <laughs> but it's it's not, it's kind of funny. Because after I stopped being a vegetarian, I feel like I became more of a foodie. I'm not quite the foodie that everybody probably like anticipates person to be but i am more so than i was before yes 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 that you are so yeah he was describing dad as a hard-working father but he was like putting category a different kind of categories like middle class hard-working blue collar trying to fit into the white collar world i think is what he was trying to get to Mm-hmm. And then, like, the mom as a housewife, putting food on the table, and all of that stuff. Uh, a sister who's, like, a vegetarian, hippie-style kind of person. And then he got to Johnny. Mm-hmm. The typical... <laughs> gamer. <laughs> the typical gamer boy. And That's he's like, funny. And he would try to tell me that I was the only normal person. And I'm like, what do you mean by normal? I was like, what do you mean by normal? I don't consider myself normal. That's amusing. I've never actually looked at our family outside, like, in that perspective. And uh, I wouldn't call you normal either. (laughs) 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 But you do fit in a specific category where uh, you're just... I wouldn't. I don't want to say this, but let me just look up the definition really quick. <laughs> no, this isn't quite the right word. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I I said how I've been watching a lot of animes recently. Yes. So they they have certain words to describe types of people. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think of if there was a word that they used to describe certain people that fits into the type of person you are. And this isn't quite the word I, I want, so I don't want to say it because I feel like people that actually know this word, they're going to be like, oh, I know exactly what that is. But no, you don't fit into this category. But I do want to say that for as long as I can remember, you've always been into English. Mm-hmm. Some kind of writing or reading or just immersing yourself into some type of world. Mm-hmm. So I guess to me, you're kind of the daydreamer. Okay. You either daydream when you're writing, where your daydreams are basically your writings, mm-hmm. you know? 
I'm pretty sure we mentioned this, how you used to write like fan fiction kind of or create your own little stories. Oh, hey, if you didn't know, she used to. <laughs> um, sorry, my bad. I was getting the nod like, no, we did not bring that up. Um... <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many secrets being spilled right now. <laughs> yeah. So back in the day when Kim was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> she used to write stories and I used to read them. It's actually kind of funny because I think you knew that I read them because you shared it with me. But I don't think you knew that I was, for example, like this podcast, a continual listener. Mm -hmm. So a continuous reader. <laughs> so you probably you probably thought after a while I gave up on reading. Um, but no, I was a little persistent to like keep up because I felt like to me that your writings were a uh, part of your state of mind. So I just wanted to check in on you. So that's what that's what that was. <laughs> so that's another secret being spilled because I don't think you knew that. <laughs> oh man. So and I remember when I used to read your writing, I used to think, how how is it possible that someone can think out this story so much in advance or to such a particular detail? Okay. You know how, it, and I mean this for anybody, but to me, it, I, I like, it really sunk in when I read your writing. Because to me, for example, when I would read your writing, I was like, she's my sister. She's only a couple years older than me. And for her to think up this story and actually put it in writing to this extent, it's, it, it just felt so surreal. And don't get me wrong, writers do that all the time. But to me, sometimes that occasionally happens. How is it possible that you came up with the scenario? How did you know to this exact detail that this is something you wanted to write and create, basically? Because that's what you're doing. So that was my little sidetracked about writing. <laughs> <laughs> but you used to write. All the time I used to read your writings and stuff then there's that part of you that when you were a child you used to love movies and I think this happens commonly with everybody they have a little bit of regression where they revert back to the things that they used to do and they used to enjoy so for you that means you've gotten back into movies and such and this is the part where I don't think you really changed it's kind of like it's something you enjoyed in your early years because it, it didn't need any rhyme or reason. It's, you just enjoyed it. It was just like pure joy. But as you got older, you needed to like explain stuff. It's like, why do you find this interesting? So you would do things that seemed more reasonable. But then there's a certain point in your life where you just don't care if something is reasonable or not. So you just do what makes you happy. So you regress back to pure happiness, if you will. So that to me kind of described you you were like a Disney fan as a kid, basically. You didn't stop being a Disney fan, but you didn't like quite show it and you showed other interests in your life. So you broaden your horizon as to the things that you're interested in, which is what like became your fan fictions and your fandoms. So your Harry Potters, your Doctor Who's, and everything else that's just a conglomerate of everything that you enjoy. And you yeah. still do enjoy those things. Yeah. 
but you still find pure happiness in your just simple, basic old Disney. So that to me is like your your daydreaming cliche of you just enjoy stories, period. <laughs> Honestly. True. I guess daydreamer, it sounds more positive than what I was thinking of. Because the way you were... Oh, you thought it meant like something negative. Like, oh, you're always thinking you want to be somewhere above where you are. No, 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 no. Oh. So, I think daydreamer, the term overall is fine. It can have some negative connotations to it. But like the way you were prefacing everything, I was thinking so much more negatively. <laughs> oh, no, I did not at all mean it in a negative way. No, of I course. Me- I, meant but- <laughs> I meant it more so like... I, I suppose the way I guess I want to... You've seen Ready Player One, right? Yeah, very recently. <laughs> oh, okay, good. So I, I kind of meant it, I suppose, more like that. Like you enjoy living in a fantasy world. And not that you care if it's real or not, because you're enjoying yourself. Yes. So the way I was thinking of it is that you were prefacing that I love disassociating from the world right now, which is why I was thinking in a negative way before you said daydreamer, because in the past, I probably would have defined myself as a daydreamer. Like, yes, I'm living in a world outside of this world. Right. But Mm -hmm. some people would consider that as a, a way of disassociating from reality. I, I agree that that is a good point. But at the same time, I don't think there's anything negative to that. If you want to disassociate yourself from reality, don't get me wrong. There are things that in reality that you have to face. But in your case, I don't think it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. You still have to wake up and smell the coffee. You know, life's still going on around you. But I think you have a decent balance at the moment. You're not quite like 100%, but nor do you have to be. Yeah, so that's how you see me as. You see me a little bit more of a daydreamer. Yeah, like you're you're in your own little world. Okay. You know, does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> Audience, does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> what other cliches do you think would fit us? Hmm. So in the past, I always used to say, I don't know if we've actually ever really brought it up. I used to say that I was a tomboy a lot. We've mentioned that once or right? twice. That you, okay. uh, I, I think you mentioned it more when you asked Simon what kind of girl he was into. And he said, I don't want a girly girl. And then you talked briefly about being a tomboy. I don't know if we mentioned that in the podcast, but uh-huh. you did. I oh, did. Okay. You, you did. Okay. Good That's to know. Fine. I was. I wasn't sure. But uh, yeah, so I I used to, in the past, a lot, just describe myself as a tomboy, that I, I wasn't into girly things. I didn't really like it. And for that reason, I would describe myself that way. I didn't really dress femininely, and I didn't mind those activities that would, I guess, be seen as stuff that tomboys would do, so like that were more active. And when I was younger, I used to have no problems with it. Like I said, as I got older, I even eventually learned how to skateboard a little bit. So it's it's like, I don't think that part of me has gone away. I've just become a little bit different 
where I, I wouldn't 100% call myself a tomboy anymore, but nor do I think I'm very girly in any way. And that's kind of a thing about me, mm-hmm. kind of the high school version of me. I would have considered myself like an emo style kid. I didn't go emo all the way in the sense of crazy emo scene goth kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess all of this is combined. Apparently now it's being called alternative. Right. Mm-hmm. So I. Although would... I will say it probably is a little different either way. It's more tame now. Yeah. In comparison. Because I was like an emo scene style or a fan of the emo and scene world. And I would dress typically just in black because that's what I could. With minor pops of color. Yeah, with minor pops of color in, like, accessories or in, like, clothing, whatever the case may be. I would have considered myself that I couldn't dye my hair, and I still can't dye my hair. I didn't do a lot of dark makeup, which I still don't. I I guess you can consider me as a tame emo scene kid. but It's kind of funny, though. I wouldn't describe you that way now at all. No, but I'm still interested in that stuff. Like, I would still want that pop of color in my hair, still wearing all black, kind of gothic style. I don't know, but also, like you said, that daydreamer type. Like, I want to mix in a sense of, like, renaissance fantasy stuff. I want to wear corsets and I want to carry a dagger. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. With a cloak. (laughs) Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Watch me. One of these days, I'm going to try to make that a part of a day outfit and actually go out in it. And I'm going to find out what happens. I don't know if you've got the guts quite yet. (laughs) That's why I would wear the cloak with the hood up and hide half of my face. Yeah, no, but I, I understand where you're coming from. There are certain parts of ourselves that we still want to be a part of us, but aren't comfortable enough to make it a reality. Well, here's the thing. I think we want it to be a part of us, but it's hard to consider how society is trying to impose on this. So say I still want to be a seen emo person, an alternative person with the crazy hair, the tattoos, the piercings, whatever, all of that combined. I have to take into consideration my professional life. I cannot, maybe I can get a job professionally with tattoos, piercings, and dyed hair. But right now I have to live a tame version of what I want to be until I obtain that job and until I figure out if I am guaranteed that job for the rest of my life. And then I have to figure out what limitations I can include as far as like body modifications within that job. Because say I work at a job with Disney, knowing that I love Disney and maybe working with Disney is a dream. But what if I work with Disney and I happen to be a cast member or a character? What kind of character would I portray? Would they let me work if I happen to have a tattoo or if I happen to dye my hair or if I happen to have piercings? They probably wouldn't because Disney has an image to uphold. So there's so many things to take into consideration with that. 
I understand what you're saying, but I will say that it's complicated. I get it. I agree that there are certain things because what you just disclosed to me tells me, okay, I've always known that you wanted to get like different piercings. Nothing crazy, to be honest. I feel like your piercings would still be rather tame. And I don't know 100% if you'd even want facial piercings, which Mm -hmm. would make people look at you a little bit more strangely. I think most of your piercings still include just your basic on your ears piercings. Nothing too fancy or crazy. But tattoos and stuff i get that for whatever reason there's still a lot of debate over Mm -hmm. and it's complicated like you said especially considering a professional career which Mm -hmm. is hilarious because when i was in grad school and i was sitting in my ta class i have a friend who is also my coworker, cindy you know who i'm talking about but she mentioned how she is a goth mm-hmm. or she's a punk goth mm-hmm. and she wants to find a way to and she coined this term to create a balance between goth and corporate so she said she wants to be a corporate goth that sounds beautiful <laughs> <laughs> which is why i was thinking man i don't know if there's a way to be a corporate alt or corporate scene or corporate email at the moment i don't think there is right um, i think it depends on which field you go into because if you were in the art field your fashion also kind of portrays the kind of art you go for i'm not an artist i still need to be somewhat professional so i need to figure out what that balance is and i haven't found it yet i think the biggest hurdle might have to do a little bit with confidence. Yeah. Because as soon as you dive into that world, you have to feel comfortable enough that you're going to get strange looks occasionally, but also be confident enough in your abilities that despite what you look like, your job should still appreciate you. Yeah. I just think I am too shy and too awkward yeah. to embrace any looks towards me. So I just try to blend in and that's not good. Yeah. So that, that like I said, has to do a little bit with confidence. I'm still kind of finding myself because I have so many branches and I didn't really go into detail what my branches and leaves are. But for example, like the branches could be like the types of cliches that I fit into and the leaves are just different parts of it. So I technically could be considered a tomboy just because I'm still not that girly and nor am I really all that tomboy-ish. Mm-hmm. If you were to ask me if I prefer wearing jeans over a skirt, it would be yes, I prefer jeans over a skirt any day. But I'm more comfortable wearing a dress now than I used to be. I I suppose I like to challenge myself. So after being a tomboy for many years, and I was like, I don't know if I want to be seen this way, I started being more comfortable with myself and basically kind of let my style go wild and I just wore whatever whatever I could it didn't really matter to me I wasn't a hundred percent comfortable not because I wasn't comfortable in my own skin it's just like the clothing I wasn't comfortable in so 
for a good while when I didn't change sizes. So this was approximately around the time I was a vegetarian in the beginning is when my style started to change. So I guess I realized that there were different ways to control your life. For example, clothing is one of them that can be seen by other people, but so is the things that you advocate for. So while I was a vegetarian, that was a different way of expressing who I was apart from exterior-wise. So because I didn't really know who I was when I was like a tomboy, for example, I just had no problem with it. I didn't I wasn't looking to be anybody other than myself. As I got older and I found different ways to express myself, like I said, apart from clothing, it basically made me, I don't want to say change who I was, but really take into consideration what it was or who it was I wanted to be, which is how now I suppose I guess I'm an advocate of things. Anything that I really, I guess I'm still kind of in the process of like figuring it out, but I don't think that's ever really going to change with me. You will always continue to find something that you want to advocate for. And in the past, I wanted to be an a vegetarian and I had my reasons and I don't really want to go back on that and I don't necessarily want to go back to being a vegetarian although now I am a huge advocate for doing things intentionally and mindfully so there's like this whole thing about doing things or buying things organically and I'm more of an advocate for stuff like that But like I said, everything's more about intention now and just being less wasteful. Don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of waste that I am producing and being wasteful in many ways. But I'm still like an advocate of like sustainability and just intention, intentions, intention. (laughs) I don't know the proper word for it, really. I think a better term for you, as far as the cliche goes, is just advocacy. Yeah. Although the topics may change of which I advocate for, I'm still very much an advocate. I agree. I kind of want to bring this up and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. (laughs) There was a moment in your life where you, we had made the comment that it would be interesting for you to be a lawyer. Right. Mm -hmm. Mostly because at that time, and I think you were still in high school or just about to graduate high school, you still didn't know what you were going to do. Right. So my last two years of high school, I, I was considering being a lawyer. Yes. Okay. That's I, I just kind of wanted to get a better understanding. And at that time, you would do a really interesting job at causing or arguing, fighting. I don't know. It was just the way you articulated a lot of ideas. And this was when you started getting more into the... Yeah, this is where you started advocating for a bunch of stuff, like testing on animals, Mm -hmm. the M&M company, vegetarianism. So (laughs) let me elaborate. (laughs) So yeah, so apart from being a vegetarian, I wasn't vegan. Uh, To clarify, vegetarian meaning not eating any meat, fish, poultry, and stuff like that. But I was against 
products with animal testing. Kim said M&M, meaning the Mars company. When I first got into being a vegan and stuff like that, it also had a lot to do with animal testing. But I'm also, like I said, very studious and a little bit of a nerd that I understand that there are some types of testing that needs to be done in like the science world. I understand that. But that doesn't mean I'm 100% okay with it. That was just like a little tidbit there. And a further explanation as to why Kim brought up the M&M company. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you you can feel free to do research on that yourselves if you uh, really feel so inclined although if you're not into disturbing things maybe don't (laughs) Uh, I will say that the way you advocated for a bunch of stuff I felt like I could eat nothing yes Mm -hmm. I will say I have taken a very different approach so I feel like back then it was a little bit more guilt trippy yes but now I don't think I'm like that at all. I give reasonable alternatives and explain myself. Yeah, I will say that at first I felt bad for trying to eat M&M's <laughs> because you would go. And the thing is, it wasn't like you showed me the videos because I didn't want to see those videos or the things that you wanted to show. But I would have, say I happen to already buy M&M's. I had them in my house. I had them in my hand. I opened it and I ate one or two, whatever. You would walk into the room and you would like glare at me. And you would be like, do you not know what Mars does in order for you to have the M&M's that you have in your hands? <laughs> right. So like like I said, I felt like my means were more guilt trippy. Whereas now they are not, although in the past I've actually said how I feel like people think that I'm judging them when they hear the things that I advocate for. And if I happen to see them, for example, consuming or producing waste, they feel a little bit of guilt. That's not at all my intention. And I've said that numerous times, I believe, on this podcast, because my intention now is... If you think I'm making you feel guilty, it's because you are possibly starting to feel guilty. Not that I'm making you feel guilty. So now you are shifting the blame to the person themselves. No, I'm not telling them, oh, I'm making you feel guilty or you're feeling guilty yourself. I tell them, no, but you've become more conscious of what you're doing. And that's the point. If you're more conscious of what you're doing... Next time, you might feel a little more hesitant and you'd be like, maybe there's a different way I can, instead of buying lunch in like, you know, plastic containers, I have plastic containers at home. I can make my own lunch and bring it and it's less wasteful. So you you just become more conscious and aware of alternative means. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to do now. Yeah, it's just, it was annoying to deal with at that time. (laughs) I couldn't enjoy anything. But now, for example, becoming an advocate for something different where I'm being more conscious of the type of waste we produce, you have come up with your own like silver wire set that you carry with your own straws and you've possibly even converted a couple people yourself because of me pushing this onto you or just being around me when I just wouldn't let anybody (laughs) use plastic cutlery. Yeah, 
in certain ways, that's why I think you would have been a good, maybe environmentalist lawyer. Yeah, don't get me wrong. There's still parts of me that wishes I could have probably dove into like some kind of environmental branch of education. And there still is in a way. But there's still that hesitancy of, can I really make money off of this? Don't get me wrong, my life doesn't revolve around money, clearly, but it's still an important factor. That's one of the things that goes on to my mind when I'm trying to job hunt and when I'm trying to figure out what it is that I can do. I know that there's so many things that I can do, and I think because there's such a wide selection it's hard for me to figure out where it is that I'm gonna go what it is that I'm going to do and that just complicates things and delays things because I just want to get my life started I don't know what to do yet I agree but I feel like a lot of people are like that despite pursuing a lot of education there are people that are still stuck. Where did this education lead me? What can I do with this education? And I think that can be quite normal for some people, whereas some people know exactly the path and point that they want to get to. Everybody's different, but I don't think you're alone in the struggle of, I don't know what to do with my life. Because <laughs> I can relate. Yeah, I think that's all that we can pretty much talk about cliches. <laughs> I feel like we, we had a little bit, there's more that we could discuss, but I think this is enough. Like we, we've, we've hit a little bit of each other, if you will. <laughs> and I feel like you didn't have a clear idea of the type of cliche you would be, but I, I, I suppose I was the one that came up with your cliche as to how I see you based but on how I know you. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's just based on how you know me, because and here's why I tend to... I will agree you are a hermit, though. <laughs> I am. Yes. Uh, more so <laughs> than anyone else. But this is kind of why I always ask other people to help me write like my cover letter or my resumes. Because sometimes I forget who I am or what I've done. I worked in certain places and there's certain characteristics that I need to do. But when I brainstorm it or if I tell you hey I don't remember what I did when I worked at this company the company that you and I both worked for you as an outsider even though you were there for a little bit you focused more on school you can say well what did you do what was your typical routine and then if I would address that then that kind of helps me create the list of responsibilities I would do for a job. That's actually quite funny because this morning Simon had called me and he kind of is doing the same thing where you need like a different set of ears or eyes to look at your situation and tell you you did the right thing and or well in Simon's case you did the right thing but in your case you did this the, despite the fact that you may not be able to see it, this is all you're capable of. And like in Simon's case, he just has a little bit of anxiety when it comes to his capabilities or what he's capable of. And he just becomes hesitant. And I told him, <laughs> you too. <laughs> I was going to say, that's me <laughs> to a T. I have anxiety about what it is that I'm capable of. It's kind of funny. But the thing is, he's very capable. And like you said, you just need somebody to ask you questions. And that's what I do. I ask him, is there anything else you could have done? Or is there a better way to do it? 
And when he realizes, no, there isn't, I did everything I could, then he kind of gets that little bit of acknowledgement, like you did everything you could. Now you are thinking about it because I don't have the same knowledge as he does. There is no other option. If for whatever reason, what I didn't do still doesn't work. This is a rare case, a unique scenario where I still have to solve this problem, but it just happened not to be the one that is typically seen. Because there's like a checklist of, oh, is this working? Is that working? Does this turn on the light when I say it's supposed to? If this, this, and this are working, then it's got to be something else. So that's why it's a similar thing in Simon's case that it's just you need an outside source to like kind of help you realize, okay, no, I, I did what I could. There's nothing else I could do. Yeah, and I guess this is kind of why I felt like I couldn't address any cliches because I just live my life and my memory has been terrible, honestly, that I forgot that I wrote fan fictions. I remembered that I would write. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Didn't mean Uh. to bring it up. (laughs) But like, I forgot that I, I would write or recreate stories in a different setting. I forgot that I used to be very creative in that way because I've been molded into a different kind of person that I am today. It's so easy for me to forget what I've done in the past, which is why I basically forgot what kind of cliches I would fall into. The only cliche that I was able to kind of address is the being an alternative person in the fashion sense or in the aesthetic that I like. I get that, but that that's only like an exterior thing. Like I said, I went through like transitionary periods and I, I don't think I quite fully like rounded out that conversation that I changed myself physical appearance and like mentally wise, I kind of shifted focus so the whole point of what I was trying to say is previously I was wasn't focused on like physical appearance or mental behavior but when I became aware of both of those things I changed both of them but in doing so I found out what made me feel more comfortable which was my mental behavior says more about me than my physical appearance does so although my physical appearance has changed yes It's more to what I am comfortable with and my mental behavior is who I am now. And I think you're kind of in the same way, but you haven't quite altered your physical appearance to fit something that you're comfortable with because you're still working on your mental behavior. I agree. But you're like getting there. So sooner or later, hopefully you find that balance between them. Corporate goth, corporate goth. <laughs> Fingers crossed, corporate goth, corporate alt. That's, oh, that's the one I wanted. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, corporate, corporate, corporate goth, goth because uh, th- that's your coworkers coined ex- what she expects. So you want to get to that point where you find your balance. But for now, since you don't know what it is, we're aiming for corporate goth because that's, that's the word that I'm using to define a balance. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man. This episode was fun. It took a turn that I did not expect it to take, but it took. It was fun. Yeah, it was quite entertaining. <laughs> yes. 
So, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of a Playful Escape podcast. A podcast where we talked about cliches. I know. <laughs> and we, even then, we didn't even really talk about it. We, no. <laughs> we kind of did, but we, no, we didn't. <laughs> cliches, question mark? <laughs> Send us an email of the kind of cliches that you fall into or how people describe you. What kind of cliches are used to describe you? I think this will be a such a fun activity. I feel like it's difficult to sometimes know how people would describe you if not for asking, which is why this podcast is even more interesting because it is a conversation and you get to see how somebody close to you actually perceives you. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Make sure you all follow us on our social media handles. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Patreon. I think those are all of the Am I Reddit? That that's the one I was forgetting. Are you have a you, Twitter? You didn't bring up Twitter, did you? I thought I started off. I feel like I always start off with Twitter. I heard Facebook, Instagram, Discord, YouTube. Okay, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, YouTube, Reddit, Facebook. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you repeated it twice, but okay. <laughs> Got it. Facebook. Check it out. Our uh, username is A Playful Escape. You can email us at A Playful Escape at gmail.com. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need to do a drunk episode for me. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a drinker. <laughs> Yes, that's why I said for me. Thank you all so much. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Bye. Bye. You're the one that's editing, so it might turn out bad.